Hi there, friends. Welcome to the Eat, Pray, Run podcast. I'm your host, Darina Lazo Gilmore Young, and I'm here in the studio today with my hubby and partner in crime, Sean Young. We are excited about launching into season four of our podcast, and we're inviting you into some interesting conversations this season about food, faith, and fitness. If you've listened to our Walk, Run, Soar podcast in the past, we are thrilled to have you back. And if you're new around here, welcome. You can count on the same refreshing interviews and encouraging reflections. Doreen and I are avid runners and coaches. We are passionate about our faith and sharing it. As we launch into season four, join us for an adventure chasing God's glory as we eat, pray, and run. Sean and I are hosting conversations with athletes, artists, coaches, chefs, and authors about food, culture, travel, books, and faith. And you can expect a thoughtful quote, an engaging interview, and a little prayer in each episode. We are here for it, and we hope you are too. Friends, each week I like to share a reflection or an essay that I've written to help encourage your hearts. And this week we are talking about the theme of walking and running and the intersection of faith. So I thought it would be appropriate to read a section of my book, Walk, Run, Soar. And this is from chapter 32, Walking Like Jesus. Lean in with me. First John 2, 5 through 6 says, By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. My knee screamed every time I put weight on it. I decided to take the entire week off running and tried a new chiropractor. Dr. Sutsui found that a rolled ankle was causing stress to my left knee. He also discovered a pinched nerve in my back that had likely caused the numbness in my left foot for the past six months. In addition, I had a rib out of place, which explained my right shoulder pain. Needless to say, I was grateful for some pain relief. However, this meant I really had to take recovery seriously, prioritizing rest, staying off the trails on weekends, and nourishing well. Sometimes our bodies force us to prune back and rest when we put too much stress on them over time. Admittedly, I felt a little sorry for myself when all my mama friends were headed out to chase some glory in the mountains. Finally, with my doctor's blessing and strict orders to stay on flat ground, I was able to drag myself out for a slow run walk. I was bummed to go by myself, but God is always faithful to meet me in the quiet. He reminded me of the value in walking with him at his pace. There are times to sprint, there are times to press uphill, and there are times to steal away with him and rest. I didn't have to go hunting for beauty in the hills. He offered it to me throughout the sweet pink blooms right on the corner near my house. 1 John 2.6 reads, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. John wrote for the congregations in Asia Minor to remind us today to walk like Jesus walked. Jesus deliberately chose to walk shoulder to shoulder with people. He was the king, but he did not travel in a chariot or ride a majestic horse like the other kings of his time. He didn't ride around town in a Tesla or a limousine. He walked. He invited each of us to follow him. 
Colossians 1.10 gives us some clues about how to walk like Jesus. While imprisoned in Rome, Paul wrote this letter and prayed over the believers of the church of Colossae that they might walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. He prayed that they would be filled with wisdom and understanding of God's will, that they might be fully pleasing to God, and that they would bear fruit in every good work. He wanted them to be confident in their faith and to understand they had freedom in Christ. His love did not need to be earned. He simply wanted to link arms and walk down the dusty path with them day by day. After a horrible death on the cross, Jesus walked out of the grave, and then he eventually soared to heaven. When we believe in him and walk with him, we have freedom from the sin that weighs us down. We can enjoy regular rest in him, and we have the opportunity to soar to heaven one day to be with him for eternity. Friends, this is from chapter 32 of Walk, Run, Soar my devotional journal that is designed specifically for walkers and runners at any pace. Thanks for listening. We are so excited to introduce some new friends to you today, Mark and Megan Lane Holbert. And I wanna share their bios and then we're gonna just jump in and get to know them better. Mark is an educational psychologist and a certified logotherapist. And we're going to ask him more about that because I'm like, what is that? (laughs) When I first read it, he has training as a retreat chaplain. And in the running world, he is a USATF certified coach and Galloway Run, Walk, Run training program director. He also helps with Team 413, and he's a Christian running ambassador for them. And he's the co-founder of Recovery Camino, which is a 12-step pilgrimage along the Camino de Santiago. And he worked in and ran throughout Asia, Europe, and Latin America, and now Florida, which is where they call home. So we are super excited to learn more about Mark's story and a little bit more about Megan. You want to introduce her? Sure. Yeah. Megan holds an MA from Wheaton in Intercultural Studies with a focus on missions. She also studied biblical archaeology and Old Testament history at Jerusalem University College in the Holy Land. Therefore, she can cite a Bible verse and its context for almost (laughs) any situation in life. That's good quality to have, some good knowledge to have. She's worked with international students and programs at colleges and universities across the U.S. for nearly two decades and shares her hope and faith with others in all she does. So we're so grateful to have both of you here on the Eat, Pray, Run podcast and excited to get to know a little bit more about your story. So those are your bios, but I want to know where do you live, a little bit about your family, how do you spend your days? (laughs) We're in Tampa, Florida, and most of our days are spent with our three-year-old daughter, who's amazing and so much life and beauty that she loves running with us. And 
a lot of our time is with her. Yeah, chasing after her. But we're, we are a Florida family, and my wife is was and still is a Disney person, so she's gotten me oh. hooked on some Disney running as well. So right. we, we spent some time about an hour away from our home here is, is Orlando. We're in Tampa, Florida. Yeah, I'll confess so. that my love for running did start with Run Disney. And yeah, I think I did some track for two weeks in middle school, but that was it. And then <laughs> jogging in college because I had to. And But Run, Run Disney is what solidified it for me. Oh, I understand the allure <laughs> of Run Disney. I am a huge Run Disney fan and have oh, wow. done many races in Orlando as well as in Anaheim, California. <laughs> And oh, that's great. Goofy, I think a couple times at least. So, been out there. You get it. <laughs> I, I do get it. I actually haven't done any Disney races yet. Oh, oh, not yet. I think we'll need to do one. Sean has definitely converted me to the whole dynasty of Disney. And <laughs> our three daughters love it. They love doing awesome. trips with daddy, but I still haven't actually done a race. It's just so much fun to do a race where there are Disney characters out on the course cheering for you. It's unique, isn't it? So that's part of the way that we got involved with Galloway, with Jeff Galloway and his training programs, because he's the official run Disney coach. And it's a great way to get into running for new runners and for non-traditional runners. Can you tell our audience a little bit about the Galloway training method? In a nutshell, it's, it is run, walk, run. And a lot of people, you know, one of the myths is that we can't walk when we're doing endurance running. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. In fact, most of the best ultra runners and, and even marathon runners take those walk breaks to improve their, their time and their endurance, and especially in training, because it helps you slow down and keep that heart rate in the right spot, mm-hmm. the ideal spot. And, you know, another myth, the myth is that interval training doesn't work for, for everybody, but it, it really does. We've seen, the Galloway has seen tens of thousands of runners, upwards of about 98% of people who do a Galloway training program will finish their marathon that wow. they're set out to be. And compared to the general population, I think it's like just one and finish when they start a marathon training. It's really quite remarkable. It's the biggest and most successful training program in the country for, for marathons. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. 98% of marathoners who start the program stick with it all the it, way it through. It is incredible. I think it's the support, the kindness, yeah. the, the really strong community and um, it, it, it does really have a lot of Christian roots. Jeff is Christian, and he's been involved with Team 413 in their retreats. Oh, so he brings that charism, even though the Galloway program is not his, I think the roots of his philosophy and the way he treats people and coaches really is, is quite, quite service, Christian service oriented. Oh, I didn't realize that he was a Christian. I actually got to meet him, I believe, ooh, that's probably about 15 years ago. He came out to a local race here in Fresno. It's our big two cities run or oh nice maybe in trail of two cities can't remember exactly when when we used to bring out some big speakers and he came out and spoke one of the years and i usually serve as the well i've, I've always served as the race announcer for the event oh, cool. and so i usually <laughs> got to introduce whoever yeah. the big marquee speaker is each each year so yeah it was fun to meet him I probably wouldn't have met Megan. That's part of our origin story without Galloway, because mm-hmm. that's that's how she got into running. And that's how I first saw her, first picked up on her. She was a Disney <laughs> runner in our chat. And <laughs> so that's how I found her. <laughs> Another one of those running couple stories. I love it. <laughs> and his was running anthropologist. And I was like, I studied archaeology. Well, who's this guy? <laughs> 
Well, let's talk about that a little bit because I know you're you have this blog and I think even your Instagram, which is running anthropologist. Yes. Where did the inspiration come for that name? It really kind of found me. We we both love cultural studies and all things anthropology and archaeology. And when I was an undergrad, I studied anthropology and international relations. And we both did a lot of language stuff and were fortunate to do. She was in China. I was in Eastern Europe and Romania. And when I came back, I really thought like, okay, my life is part of my life has got to be anthropology and part of it's got to be running. So I combined those two and said, what can I find out about, you know, the culture of running or about people in other cultures who, who are runners and uh, trying to pull in some of that, you know, that magic, some of that spiritual aspect, the kinship, the uh, unique corners of running culture. Oh, I love how you brought your two passions together in that way. Right. So now the running anthropologist, it's a blog, but you also have a podcast. Is that correct? Yeah. It, every once in a while, we, and my wife helps me as well, we, we will interview someone, you know, that really has something to share about running culture, that, you know, whatever it may be that's unique. And it's, it's been really fun because we get to write and we get to travel and share a little bit about the races we go to and the people we meet. As you guys know, every, every time you go to a race or a running group, you find someone inspiring who's done things right. you can only dream of. And it's great to tell their stories. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear some of those stories. I know that you have, as it says in your bio, you've run in all different places and cultures and countries. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your travels with your running? Well, you know, we've been very blessed. I took position and I was a Fulbrighter right after college and I was stationed in, in Europe in industrial part of Germany. And then after that, I served in the Peace Corps and in both of those places, I found a running community and got to do a lot of local races, got to run the Berlin Marathon and a lot of, you know, kind of neat international events. When I was a teacher, I was a teacher in Korea. I also joined a local running group. So in each of those places, I tried to get to know the people that were there and what, what made up their running routine. Like in Korea, they would do Qigong warm up before every run in, you know, in, in different parts of the world, they all have different traditions and how they kind of work running into their community. I found that so fascinating and, and inspiring too. I didn't really run in the other countries. I lived in hot and humid Hubei province, which prepared me for hot and humid Houston, Texas. And I would <laughs> open up the door and look at the bayou and I'd think that's a really nice running path. I should go for a run and it's too hot. So you guys can probably relate to this. The biggest story that I hear from expats and people who are traveling and running is being chased by dogs right. because there are so many yes. dogs in different parts of the world. Right. So I have some fun stories about, about that, but uh, always carry a, a dog whistle or know where you're going because that that's one thing to think about. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, so true. That's a great safety <laughs> tip. <laughs> we actually have gotten to run in a lot of amazing cities and countries, right. but probably the most, I would say, I don't know if the word is even challenging. It was fun too, but we ran in Haiti together. Oh, yeah. My late husband and I helped to start a nonprofit organization in Haiti. And so we try to go back there every few years. And so we staged it. Was it a 5k? We did. Yes. Yeah. We hosted a 5k race in Pion, Haiti. The Northern mountains of Haiti. That's incredible. And wow. it was mostly kids from the orphanage that our church built that were running in it but then right. some other local friends who jumped in and you know just trying to help all the runners like 
get the water and deal with the heat and mostly, you know, running on like a dirt path through cactus and through all kinds of different stuff. (laughs) It was quite the adventure. (laughs) Right. It's it's pretty low key, but we, you know, we did bring it, bring some race numbers, some bib numbers that they pin on their shirts, brought some medals out and definitely did not have electronic timing. It was just done off a... yeah, that, that's more challenging. Everyone wants to do electronic timing now. I help post races here in Tampa area. And it's, right. you know, every even the little races, they all have chip timing now, which is, is great, but we didn't have that growing up. <laughs> and the popsicle sticks. <laughs> that's pretty much what it was like. We were relying on Sean's race knowledge. And yeah, I think I was kind of running alongside a bunch of the kids, but I have run for years in Haiti and it's definitely a different experience. Like you said, Megan, because of the heat and the humidity, which we live in central California. So I'm a big baby about humidity now. Cause I'm used to being in like right now this week, we've got 110, 112 for our temperatures, uh-huh. but it's dry uh-huh. heat. So yeah. it's very different from Florida and Haiti yeah. and in the Caribbean. Yeah. So I, I have to adjust <laughs> when I go to those places. It's me running a lot slower than I normally do. That's important. In fact, as part of Galloway training, every um, is about every five degrees, you slow your pace down uh, about 30 seconds. Right. So if it's 80 degrees, which is about 20 degrees, about 60, mm-hmm. you're running your pace two minutes slower okay. for that long oh, run. Wow. And that's, you know, this really useful for people to do that and see like, oh, this is what I should be doing to keep my heart rate and my training equivalent. Yeah, definitely. The the heat and the humidity adds additional stress to the body. So, I mean, I can understand the need to slow down your pace and expectations for race in case it's hot and humid on race day. I think it's wise to reevaluate your expectations and reset them. Yes, yes. Those conditions. Mark, we understand that you are a USATF certified run coach. Can you share some about that certification and how you use it? Sure. So it's a lot of people will be familiar. It's the USA Track and Field Association, and they have everything from high school and college coaching all the way up to the Olympics. So if you're a USATF coach, you could be tapped for the Olympics. They haven't called me yet, but (laughs) it's always a possibility. It's a really comprehensive, great training. I I would recommend it to anyone, you know, even at the high school level, even if it's not required at your school, it's a training that provides a lot about hydration, injury prevention, developing good training plans and, and training cycles for your athletes, as well as some really practical things like how to prevent harassment and hazing and how to respond, you know, when you find a case of abuse by another coach or something like that. It generally takes uh, takes place for, you know, people who are currently coaching and want that extra certification. For me personally, it's helpful because in, you know, in, when I'm working with organizing meets or organizing races to know the rules, whether that be in track or cross country or another distance event like a marathon or a 10k or what have you and it's also good to uh, have references to be able to refer people to resources so uh, it's a it's a great program and i I highly recommend it along with rrca the roadrunners club of america which is great for distance running well i love that you're being able to use some of that learning in practical ways i want to know more about team 413 maybe megan you can start us off with this one because i know you're involved yeah. Um, tell us about what that is. 
so my first marathon was the Disney marathon in 2013. And I joined the local Tampa Galloway group in 2012, preparing for that. And I went to the expo with my mom, who is, you know, in her, I think at that time she was like 60 something, but she's diabetic. She doesn't walk well. Like she and my dad who passed away five years ago from MS are my inspiration of I've got to get moving. I've got to do something, you know, and keep moving. So anyway, my mom was there as my only supporter for my first marathon. And we walked this huge expo. And as we were on our way out, I saw a team 413 booth. And I was like, like 413 as in the Philippians 413. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I was intrigued and I stopped and talked with Chris Gillespie, who is the founder of, of Team 413. And at the time he would meet with runners at the beginning of every race and pray with them and pray over them. And their ministry sells shirts, hats, and other things with Philippians 413 on it. And really just want to make sure that people know who Jesus Christ is and how Christ can help them through anything. I'd like to tell people about the need for ambassadors and running chaplains out there in the field, people to meet anyone of any faith, you know, just like Christ did. Doesn't matter what, what background you have or no religious background, because we're there to help you and to serve you, especially if you're suffering, uh, especially if you're in need of someone to listen to. And Team 413 helps to do that at big races, big events, and also now local programs, including through our, our local Galloway program, we're starting a Team 413 group. What a beautiful vision. I love that. And it's so true. I think that, you know, when we're doing races, whether you're walking or running, there's a lot of opportunity to meet people, to build community, yeah. you know, for Sean and I, even through our coaching experiences, coaching people through half marathons and marathons that we get to pray with them. We get to pray with them Absolutely. through those hard days of, you know, the longest runs and even getting to the finish line. Yeah. I love being able to welcome people across the finish line. A lot of times with tears, especially if it's your first race and, you know, some of them have been believers and some haven't, but right. I think there's kind of a welcoming when yeah. you're training for something like a race. That's, that's right. A little bit more open. And so many times, you know, the, the a verse is printed very large font on the back of the shirt. So, so many times people have said, I saw your shirt. I followed you. I knew I, if I could just keep up with you, I could finish, you know, <laughs> it's really, really nice to hear that, to know that you've made a difference. And, and Chris just really wants people to get out there and share. I do a lot of pacing and I always, I'll always wear the team 413 hat or, or shirt if I'm, if I'm able to. And, you know, a lot of times people will ask you like, what is, and this goes for the general population too. Like what is, what is a running chaplain or what is a chaplain in general? Because, you, you know, you have chaplains in retreat ministry, you have chaplains in ministry at hospitals and schools. And there are, you know, what it means is just like the word pastor, it just means someone that's there to minister to others. That's the root of the word. And some of us in the U.S. are, you know, some are board certified, some are ordained pastors or priests, but many chaplains are just lay people who have taken up a particular ministry and trained for that. And I think it's beautiful to have some of those people in the, in the running world. That's the first time I've ever heard it described that way, like a running chaplain. And mm -hmm. it seems like that's something that you take seriously. Can you give us some examples maybe of how you've gotten to use your 
running chaplain hat, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> as you've been out running or coaching? One of the things specifically that we started during the pandemic is just kind of asking like how how can we be of service even though we're not meeting in a group so much? That's kind of how Recovery Camino started for me. I, I'd been involved in some of the ministry of recovery community. We were kind of asking like, um, I came back from pilgrimage, which I really loved the experience. And I got to volunteer with a, a non, non-denominational ministry in, in Santiago in Spain, working with retreat groups. And it was such life-giving and beautiful, you know, life-changing pilgrimage experience that I said, how can we translate this into uh, walking or walk running and getting people involved from, from all over? And so we, we settled on the term recovery Camino and uh, Megan has been really supportive and helpful in getting it organized and inviting people that are in various forms of recovery, not just from drugs and alcohol, but from in grief and trauma, whatever they're in recovery from and helping them find a place to walk together and talk through some of those challenges, those experiences. And we do that in person and we do that virtually too. That's one thing that we, we've been trying to do. And it's been really helpful for, for, for me personally and for, for a few others that have taken part. So with the recovery Camino, are they actual trips that these people take? We actually go and we walk various routes of the Camino or walk around the Camino oh, in, in Spain. So it's we've done two trips so far, well, a pilot trip and then two full trips with participants. Right. And both of those were also filled with virtual participants. They followed That's along right. and walked and ran with an app also. So we were about, I, I think, half and half. And it, it was great. It was really great this past year. We went in and we did the Portuguese route from Porto, Portugal, up to Santiago, Spain. And if, if folks are not familiar with the Camino, it is the largest Christian pilgrimage, the most popular in the world right now. And as originally Catholic, but has many, many Christians and many people of other faiths that are many seekers that go and, and go seeking, seeking healing along the Camino. Right. And how long, how long is this walk? In our group, we do about a half marathon every day, but it really depends on the, on the group. Some people do like we did just 200 kilometers was our goal. We walked for about 10 days and you can do all the way up to 500 kilometers. So we could be gone for a whole month if we wanted. Sounds amazing. I have definitely looked at that that trail before it's kind of a bucket list thing you said you've taken a few groups are those all people from the U.S. or from different locations like how do people get involved in this they find us through like online fellowships and during the pandemic those were very popular so we connected with folks from Canada from Britain mostly English speaking and we had a few Germans join us as well but I would say about half from U.S. and Canada maybe a bit more than half and then a few others that would join us from Europe. And it was mostly the American and North American and European folks who participated. So amazing. Wow. I love, I love, I didn't even know that anything like that existed. <laughs> oh, it, it is really awesome. And the Pilgrim House, shout out to them, got me thinking about how can I do ministry and do retreat ministry on Camino. They do such a great job. If you're ever on Camino, definitely visit them. And they have great resources as well. Yeah, thank you. Well, for our listeners, we'll definitely include some of those links in the show notes if you want to check that out or connect with Mark about more ideas of how to get involved in those trips. So I have to ask you, with doing all these different things, how do you have time to run for yourself? (laughs) 
Do you have any kind of like running routine or group that you meet up with on the regular? So we're, we're part of the Tampa Galloway group mm -hmm. okay. and we also have, have our own friends who we drag along, but we, we yeah. typically will alternate Saturday, Sunday and midweek runs. But lately we've been trying to get our daughter up and go with us so we can run on the same day. Nice. Which is a challenge. <laughs> so she's yeah, 6 a.m. is early. <laughs> <laughs> We're grateful for our Bob, that's for sure. <laughs> a, a running stroller. I was right. just going to say that jogger stroller, it had a lot of life over in our family. <laughs> yes. my, daughter is, my oldest daughter is 16, and I'm pretty sure she like lived the first at least five years of her life in that thing. <laughs> yep. Gave it away a couple of years ago to a dear friend. Oh. And I, I felt like I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to hear that your daughter is getting some experience running too. She loves to run herself. She's always like, we're going for a run. I'm going to run. And uh, she wants to be with us. She wants to, she oh, wants to do it. So she's been in her own couple of races. We went to Traverse City this summer and Ooh. she got first place in her heat of four before the pandemic she was in a diaper dash at disney so she she won that heat as well great kids races we our favorite places to run of course we love at disney but we also love running on tampa bay and yeah. on, the, on the coast the coast is really nice here and preferably from like september until march april that's the Florida running season. Yes, the golden months. We understand that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if we want to run the other times of year, sometimes we have to drive to the coast, which oh. is about a three-hour right. drive. <laughs> it can make it challenging here. We, we understand that you've read our book, Walk, Run, Soar. Could you share what was meaningful for you from the book? We really enjoyed it. I love the biblical approach and all of the personal stories involved. I think, Darina, your story resonated with me because my sister has also recently become a widow. And I just really appreciate the realness you brought to all of your stories. So thank you. Thank you. It kept us going during the pandemic. Yeah. It was like this one thing that we had, we could do every Sunday. We love it, that you can take notes in it. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of apps right now and apps are great, but there's something beautiful about having tangible in your hands running and devotional, which is just great. And 52 weeks, it was perfect. It was, it was wonderful. Thank you for producing that. And we, we are actually, I didn't tell you this, but we are actually going to be running with this in our Team 413 running groups this year, and we're going to be using it all year. So oh, um, we get to go oh, through it. Thank you. We're excited. I really appreciate hearing that. You know, when we wrote it, we, yeah, I mean, it was during the pandemic. It was crazy times and it was definitely... A hard time to launch a book when it came out in the fall of 2020. But now we're continuing to hear little stories of how people use it. I love that you guys shared it with each other on Sundays and some people mm. just go straight through for 52 days and read the devotionals and other people do it with friends or yeah. I've heard of people doing it online as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Online groups. Well, I love that I found it through our alumni magazine. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I know her. She loves Calvin. Don't get her started on Calvin. So it, we didn't talk about this, but you both are Calvin grads. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, we, I didn't realize that even when we started this interview, we we're talking a little bit beforehand that we had this Calvin connection. So we both went to Calvin University in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it was special that they included it in the Spark yeah. magazine. 
And so we, I've had a few people reach out about the book and it's just been a great excuse to reconnect with some alumni too. Just before we go, I always like to ask the question, how can listeners connect with you and support you? You all are doing a lot in the running world and we would just love to get people connected. You know, probably the quickest and easiest way would be to go to runninganthropologist.com. And uh, that's my blog site. I'll have links there to Team 413 Mm -hmm. and Galloway, as well as to Logotherapy, which is kind of my training. And Logotherapy is the psychology, it's a pastoral, pastoral psychology of finding purpose and making meaning in our lives. And it's really a great opportunity that I have to do that with runners and other people. So you, you can also find a link there to book and talk about Logotherapy with me. The initial consultation is free. And of course, if you want to join Team 413, you can join that from anywhere and run with your local church community or run with a group of Christian runners that, that you have there locally as part of the Galloway training program too. And Galloway does not only just train for Disney, but if you go to any major event around, around the country, you should see Galloway run, walk runners. Right. And it, it's a great way to train. So we'd welcome you to reach out and ask questions. Happy to help with anything you need around Galloway too. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciated getting the opportunity to get to know both of you. We just seem to have so many connections and similarities. I love seeing couples and families that run together and especially that you're training up your daughter to be in this run culture. So thank you again, (laughs) Megan and Mark, for being with us on Eat, Pray, Run. And we hope that we cross paths with you in the future. Before we close, just wanted to share a few more details with you about our book, Walk, Run, Soar, which is a 52-week devotional and training journal designed for runners and walkers at any pace who long to experience God's presence in a deeper way as they pound the pavement or traverse the trails. Walk, Run, Soar gets you moving with a new motivation, knowing Jesus more every step of the way. And this book includes training plans, reflection questions, and even some space for journaling about your runs or walks. We also want to invite you to join our Glory Chasers Christian Running Group on Facebook, which includes free coaching, community, courage for runners and walkers at any pace. Check out the link in our show notes or just hop over to darinagilmore.com backslash running for details about the Facebook group and some of the other offerings that we have, especially for runners and walkers. And I just want to say thank you for joining us today for season four, episode three of the Eat, Pray, Run podcast. We will be right back here next Wednesday to drop our next episode. I'm really excited about this conversation with my friend, Mary Yang, and we are talking all about discipleship, about food, faith, and fitness. Friends, let's chase God's glory together.